Hi everyone, Beth here. If you are struggling to find your homeschool vibe and are looking for ways to get your kids to get their schoolwork done, or ways for you to keep your sanity as a homeschool parent, or how to handle your many responsibilities while still feeling relaxed and loving homeschooling, then my book, Find Your Homeschool Vibe, might be just what you're looking for. In my book, I share how to shift your mindset to help you as the parent stay focused on the point of all of this, which is the love of learning. I also share some tried and true homeschool mom life hacks for every day. You can find the book in the show notes or by searching for Find Your Homeschool Vibe on Amazon. Back to the show. Hi, everyone. Before the episode begins, we just want to remind you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Look for Peaceful Homeschool Podcast. Remember, please, please, please rate and review on iTunes and Spotify, which helps the podcast get noticed by more people, which helps more homeschool families. Don't forget to check the show notes for other ways to support the podcast. Let's get the show started. Hello, hello. You're listening to Peaceful Homeschool Podcast. I am Emma. And I'm Beth. Hi, Beth. Hi, Emma. Hey, so today we have a super cool guest visiting us. It's Amber Lee Rich, and she is here. She's going to share a little bit about her and her family and her company. Welcome, Amber Lee. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. So, um, yeah, my name is Amber Lee Rich, and my husband and I own our own financial coaching um, uh, program and uh, business. And uh, it's pretty funny that our last name is Rich. So we are Mr. and Mrs. Rich. I feel like God had quite the sense of humor that um, we've always wanted to work together and we've always helped people with their finances. And now we've been able to make that into a business. And one of the things that we love the most about our business is that we're able to homeschool our kids, be able to travel and live the life that we really wanted to. And um, when my husband was working his regular nine to five, it was really hard for us to be able to to live the life we wanted and to be able to homeschool and do the things that we want to do. So we've loved that we've been able to help people experience financial freedom and help them through that process, but also be able to live an ideal life for our family. That's super cool. So can you tell us like how old are your kids? How long you've been homeschooling? What led you to homeschooling? Those sorts of things. Yeah. So I have two kids. Um, I have a daughter who is nine and my son is six. He's going to be seven pretty soon. And um, I never planned on homeschooling, to be honest. I uh, have a, I was a public educator for um, a little over five years and I loved it, but I also didn't really want my kids to have that experience. We I did so much research going into my daughter going into kindergarten. I looked up all the different schools, applied for all the different lotteries for charter schools and magnet schools. And we had our daughter in a charter school to start out with. And we just, I don't know, I did all this research and it just didn't add up. It was so academically driven that um, she was having you know, 45 minutes of homework every day to an hour in kindergarten. And oh I was just like, this is not what I wanted to have um, in her life. And, you know, there's just so many statistics that kids should not be having homework um, in the elementary grades that it's really not beneficial. And so like, I have that, that background. And I just noticed this competitiveness that like everything was being graded, like their behavior, everything. And it was just bringing up a lot of different things. And then COVID hit 
And the last 10 weeks of school was canceled and they did it all online. And I actually got to see it in person. And I'm like, this is awful. Like my daughter's crying after every single day. Like, so we pulled her out of kindergarten and I homeschooled the rest of the year. They were like, we'll try something different. I continued doing my research and I, we sent her to a magnet school that was an art-based school. And then COVID was really all in and they were doing gym class um, through video and like where, I don't know, it was just not a good experience. And our daughter ended up having Miss C, which is a complication with COVID. And she was hospitalized over Christmas for five days. And we were already in the process of planning on homeschooling her. And it was like the straw that broke the camel's back that she couldn't be around people for eight to 10 weeks. Like we couldn't even get our mail fill up with gas. We couldn't even get groceries. Like there had to be a three day quarantine of anything coming into our home. And, um, we just were like, we're not going to risk it by sending her to school. And so we ended up pulling her out and we've been homeschooling ever since. So that's been almost three years now. And, I have absolutely loved homeschooling. I've loved that I'm able to spend time with our kids and be able to pour into their lives and really help them with their their unique learning styles. And I just feel like it's been just a godsend that I've been able to do that. And I just, I've, I'd never planned it, but God always works in mysterious ways and puts things together. And I'm just really grateful that I'm able to homeschool and, and run a business and, and do those things together and that it can work in tandem. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I love it too. When people like you or like Beth who are like, yeah, I was not planning on homeschooling. And then you feel like you're forced into it for whatever reason. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine anything else. Yeah. It's a huge, for us, it's been like the biggest blessing ever. It's, it's amazing. So, and yeah. And it's funny that I didn't want to do it. (laughs) I'm like, wow, I can't imagine not doing it now. Yeah, seriously. And it, it really is like, we've talked about it before. It really is like a different life that you're able to lead because you do have so much freedom to do things the way you choose. And like you said, when your husband was nine to five and you know, you had kids in school, whatever, it's like, you're, you're living your life under these, you know, this routine that you're required to have and homeschooling makes you, you know, just frees up all of that. And you can do whatever you want. Basically, I always say like, we're homeschoolers. We do whatever we want. Well, you know, people are like, why are you celebrating whatever today? And I'm like, oh, cause we're homeschoolers. We, we were busy that day. So we're celebrating today. We do whatever we want. Well, I yeah, think- it's a great way to avoid the crowds. Like going on vacation when it's not in peak season and when you have the place to yourself, going to the zoo when it's not on the weekends, it has a ton of perks. Yeah. And and one of the things I really love about it is when when you're um, talking about the 45 minutes of homework for a kindergartner, instead of doing that, you can have snuggle time and reading a book together and like having a fun time instead of a forced thing. And like, there's all these things that were, I think it makes more room for just loving experiences. And instead of like high stress of trying to check all these boxes, instead, it's like, oh, I have family time, not just checking boxes time. So, Well, and yeah, truly, I mean, when you think about like, how many hours a day did your daughter go to school? Was it like four hours? Or was it like seven hours? It was half day. Okay. But she would have to read 
um, like 15 minutes of certain books. They're the Bob books. And then mm-hmm. she had to do Khan Academy. So it's math online. And then she also had a page of math homework that typically had like 50 to a hundred math problems on it oh my that gosh. she was having to do. And I was like, this is taking a really long time. And they're like, well, just time her and see how much she can get done and just like force the timing on it. I'm like, this is not how I really want, you know, my daughter to interact with math, that it's just like a yes. race. You've got to get this done. You know, if I put a timer, then I'll pressure you to get it done faster. Well, they call that. Yeah. Dr- and like at and such kill. a young age. Yes. Drill and kill. But like at five or six years old, that's like so young to have that happen and to have so much of your day devoted to like forced, you know, prescribed learning at a level that maybe you're at or not at, you know, whatever. So, uh that's hard. Okay. So we know a little bit about you. Tell us a little bit about what led you to start your company, you know, about your program, how it works, all of that. Yeah. So my husband and I have been helping people with their finances from I don't know, like college age that we were just, we like, I don't know. We both are really into helping people with their money. And we really believe that money is tied to everything that we do. And so when we help people with their finances, it helps their life get so much better. And so um, one of the things that we are really passionate about is helping people be able to live the life that they want to. And so many people that we work with, they want to live on a single income. They want to be able to stay home with their kids. They want to be able to homeschool. And it can be a scary leap to do that when you feel like, I don't know if we can financially pull that off. And so what we love to do is help people be able to transition and, and get their finances to a place where they actually can afford to do it and that they can live towards their values. Because most of the time people are living towards other people's values. It's like keeping up with the Joneses. We're wanting to have the latest vehicle, the newest iPhone, um, all the different things, the latest fashion And it's really important to focus on what our personal values are. And what we do is we work with our, um, our clients in a individual way. I think it's really easy to just blanket say like, this is exactly how you need to do your finances. And you can read all the books. There's so much financial information in the world. And the hard part is that there's, it's just overwhelming. Like you don't know what to do. You feel like you should know this stuff because, you know, you feel like, oh, I'm, you know, 30, 40, whatever, 50. I should have this information down. But the thing is, is we're not taught about how to handle money. We just absorb what we see from our, you know, our family of origin, the people around us. And a lot of times that might not be the best um, examples that are in front of us. And we just don't really know who to turn to or what to do. And the thing is, is people need accountability. Like right now, like people, People hire a um, like a personal trainer if they want to get to the fitness level that they want to get to, because that's the fastest way to get there. And that's what we do is we're like a financial coach that is like a personal trainer for your money. So we help our clients um, just get to where they want with their their money. And we don't we're not a financial advisor, and that's one thing that is sometimes really confusing for people as they equate us to the people that deal with their investments and, you know, do all of that side. And we prepare people to be able to invest. So we, um, we don't do the investment side. We do the, the day-to-day behavioral things. So there's so much mindset that goes into it. You know, money is not just numbers. There's emotion. It's not like if you are a math major, 
that you're going to be great with money because it's not about the numbers. It's so much more about the mindset and the behavior side of it. And so that's what we really focus on is helping our clients walk through ways to really simplify and automate their finances. So that way they are able to live the life that they want to. And that's one of the things that my husband and I really did um, early on, but we've been able to just tweak it. And I remember it was probably five years ago. My husband and I um, were sitting in our um, in our hot tub and we were just dreaming our ideal life of what that would look like if we didn't have any restrictions. If we like money was not a like even part of the equation, if we had all the time in the world, what would our lives look like? And I really recommend anyone who just everyone should be doing this of just <laughs> stepping back because it's so easy to live in survival mode and not actually dream of what your life um, the life that you really want to live, because I feel like God has implanted things in our hearts and our minds and desires that money holds us back from. And when my husband and I did this in our hot tub, we realized like we, tr- we started coming up with the ideas that we want to spend more family time. We wanted to have a flexible schedule so we could go and travel and do things. And homeschooling like came from that too, of just realizing how can we make this happen? Reverse engineering it. And the other thing we realized is we need to be making more money to be able to afford this. And God just works in miraculous ways. The the very next day, my husband got a job offer. He wasn't even looking for a job. And like, it just, God met our needs in just miraculous ways. And um, we were able to pay off our house. We've been completely debt-free and we've been able to help so many people, hundreds of people with their finances and helping them to live the life that, that they really feel God is calling them to live. Let's take a quick break. The heart behind the I'm on podcast is storytelling because every mom has a story to tell. I know that when I talk to my friends who are parenting and we share stories, we all end up feeling less alone and more capable of loving our kids well. You can find information everywhere on the internet. Some is bad parenting advice and some is pretty wise. We like to think there's a lot of wisdom on imom.com. And when you combine that signature wisdom with a great story, it brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the iMom podcast with new episodes every Monday. Oh my gosh, that is so awesome. Beth and I have talked a lot on this podcast about wanting to live debt-free, wanting our kids to learn to live debt-free and how much freedom, because like you said, Money is tied to so many things and people, you know, go on shopping sprees because they are depressed or they're bored or they're whatever. And it's like all of these things that then change everything about you because your finances are, you know, your way to life and to the life that you want. So that's super cool. And I love that you're here sharing that because, you know, as homeschooling parents, a lot of times families have single income only. And so that makes it a little bit trickier than, you know, dual income families. So what can you share with our, with our listeners, like maybe some easy tips to help them save a little money while homeschooling or through homeschooling? Well, my first tip is really more on the mindset. I think a lot of people feel like the more money they spend on their children, the better their lifestyle will be like, even with giving gifts and 
the more expensive the curriculum you choose does not mean your kid is going to have a better education. The, the whole part of being a home educator is that you get to choose what your, your life is going to look like and what your schooling is going to look like. So you don't need to have that pressure that you need to be spending X amount of dollars to be a good homeschooling parent. And there are so many amazing resources that are free. Like we use our library so much and you know, you can get free. It's like audible pretty much. We've checked out microscopes, um, telescopes. We've done paper making. We've done so many things with the, the resources that are available. Games that you can check out, tons of books. Like there's so many things that are available. There's so many free, free places that you can go to. Like just ask for homeschooling discounts. Like there's so many, so many things that you can do to actually enjoy your homeschooling and and do things with your kids. You can go on hikes. You can do a lot of stuff that doesn't cost you any money except for the gas to get you there. And so I would really recommend not feeling the pressure that you need to spend a lot of money on your kids. The more time you spend with the kids is what matters. Like that's what your kids are going to remember. They're not going to remember all the gifts you've given or that you spent, you know, $300 on that math curriculum. Like they're not going to know the difference and it's not really going to, to make a big shift um, for them. So, you know, even buying used curriculum, like I do that, there's so many resources to make it so much more affordable and having connections with other homeschooling parents who can pass things along. Like you could say, I've done this with so many friends. I've had relatives that have passed down things to me. They're like, this works really great. And their kids outgrew it. Like this can, it doesn't have to be a really, you know, high expense endeavor to be a homeschooling parent. And so, you know, I would just recommend like, don't feel that pressure that you have to spend a lot because you don't. And if you have the resources and you can do it, like absolutely feel free to do it, but you don't have to do that. I totally agree. And like our library, I, I think is what our, what really, really, we had different curriculums. We were in a homeschool charter, so we did have some funds to spend, but still the most important resource we have was the library. My kids learned so much more from that than any other thing we did was books from the library, um, was probably the biggest thing that they learned from. So I agree with yeah, you. Yeah. And I think too, sorry, I think too, that you know, you can also make the things that you want without having to go pay for them. Like we even talk about, like we've done co-ops together tons of times where we're just like, hey, here's what we want to focus on this year, but we don't want to go. I mean, some co-ops are so expensive. Like you don't have to spend tons of money to belong to, you know, this prestigious co-op when you could do something pretty similar with, you know, your group of friends and you can do a curriculum swap and everybody swaps out. Like we've done all those things too. And it makes a huge difference financially. You can still have this cool curriculum that somebody else bought and then three other p families used, and now you're going to use it. Like it doesn't have to be brand new and fancy in order to be a good curriculum at all. Totally agree. Yeah. And there are so many resources out there to, to help homeschooling parents. Like where we live, there's a, you can get um, computers for super cheap, um, through homeschooling. And like, there's just so many different things there. There's a grant that um, for Idaho for empowering parents that gives you funds that you can buy all kinds of curriculum and different things out of. And then there's like homeschooling charters, there's all kinds of different things to help you get extra funding, which is a great way to 
to make that money go a lot farther and, and not feel the financial impact as much um, in your day-to-day life. Yeah. And I think it's important too, like, you know, we were talking about, um, or I was sharing how Beth and I have really encouraged financial freedom in our kids too, because we both have young adult children and it's super important. And I think that that is a lifelong skill that kids start learning when they're young. Mm -hmm. And so how have you helped to encourage like good financial literacy in your kids and, you know, and they're taught them about money and things at the ages they're at? Yeah. Um, that's something that my husband and I really try to focus on. Um, I view it kind of like, you know, how people talk about like the sex talk, you just do it once with your kids and like, then you're done. And I think that's what people view kind of like your finances. Like you just have one conversation and you're good to go. And the thing is, is it's lots of little conversations throughout their life. And so the things that I do with my kids, I mean, I've been doing this for years and years when I'm going to the grocery store, I show them how to compare prices, how to pick a, you know, a ripe banana or, you know, like all the, the, practical things. Um, I have our kids, they actually go through and we do sometimes like the self-checkout and they scan everything in. They see the totals, they put our our debit card in. Uh, and just, I want them to be practicing those things at a young age that they know how to handle um, their finances and looking at the unit price. Like there's so many things that you can do to make it really practical. Another thing that we do with our kids is that, um, I mean, this could be super controversial and this is just how we have chosen to do it is that we view their schooling like a job because it is kind of their job at this point. And so if, when they get all their schoolwork done for the week, they get paid and that money they're able to use on school related items, like things that would help their education. So it could be like Legos or, you know, like different things like a science experiment, things that would encourage their learning. And it's really stuff that they would choose anyways. I don't want them to go and buy like socks or something like we will, we'll do that. Like this is more stuff that will help them. And then the thing that has been really neat to see is that um, we're able to show them how to save and practice when it's pennies instead of dollars. And so like my son, he really wanted to get a Lego train set, which the Lego train set was $200 and he's six. And he's like, Oh, I really want that. He has no, like for a six year old, he has no concept to like, you know, we're working with him, but he's still not there yet. And um, so we just walked through like, okay, how many weeks will it take you to be able to afford this? And so what we did is we actually, we matched it. So he saved for 10 weeks. Then we're like, we also talked about, well, you got to account for tax. It's not actually $200. You have to pay the tax for it. So you have to, he had to wait 11 weeks. And I think on like the third week, he's, he's like, well, maybe they have like a, 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 less expensive train out there. So we looked and there was like a $40 one, but it didn't have a remote and it didn't have a track. And we're like, well, if you do that, then you're not gonna be able to purchase this. Or if you do want to purchase the the big train, it's going to take you four extra weeks to do that. And he's like, oh, I'll just wait for the, for that, the big train set. But learning that skill to wait and to have delayed gratification is so key. And I feel like he appreciates that train set so much more than if we just were like, Hey, you know, Merry Christmas. This is your Christmas gift. You've been, you know, like, I know that's something you've been wanting. 
So doing those kind of things with our kids has been really helpful. They all like our daughter has started her own business, um, which has not been something that we've really been pushing or anything. It's just something that she's been interested in. So she's, she had a plant business where she, we created a website. Like my husband did it with her. She did a sales video of like, you can buy my mint plants. Cause we have like an overflowing mint in our garden and oregano and uh, marigolds and different things. And so she did a little a sales video and then she had to call the people that were interested to actually deliver to them. And so practicing those skills when like that was last year, when she's eight years old, like those are valuable things that she would not learn or experience in a, a regular brick and mortar school. And so I feel like I'm able to have so much more face-to-face time to teach my kids about money versus if I just sent them to school and hope that they glean that information on their own. For sure. And those skills are so valuable. And like you said, like I know Beth and I have both like taken our kids to the grocery store from the time they're little and not just like, here's a device, you be quiet while I do my grocery shopping. Instead, Mm -hmm. it's like, hey, we're going to go to the grocery store. And I mean, obviously, sometimes you're super in a hurry and you're like, I just have to grab stuff and go. But most of the time, hopefully you have the, you know, the freedom to say, this is part of our learning as well. So we're going to compare, you know, the tomato sauce, tomato sauce prices, and we're going to compare ounces and we're going to compare ingredients and we're going to compare all those things. And then to see, like, as our kids have grown up, that they do have those skills already under their belts instead of once they're graduated and adults and they've moved out and they're like, wow, I don't really know how to do all those things. Yeah. I I feel like the more practice they have at home, the better, like cooking all the things like you're teaching math skills in a very real and practical way. And it's, it's really important. We've covered a lot with the kids too, like the importance because we have, they're both older now. Um, my daughter just graduated and my son is 22. So, um, if just avoiding debt for college and explaining that if you go into debt for college, you're not free for a very long time because you're paying that back for so long and you're paying extra, you're paying more than if you would save up and go slower. It's better. I think if you're not going to get a full ride scholarship, go to the community college, like do all that stuff because it doesn't matter where you graduate from. It really doesn't, in my opinion. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. for some certain degrees, but most of the time I think just go the least expensive way possible. <laughs> and, um, but I think some people get, we get so focused on the prestigious school or, or different things like that, that we'll just like go into debt for our kids or have them go into debt. And it's such a slave like mentality that, it's, it's really sad. So anyway, so I've really pushed that really hard on my kids um, so that they're understanding what interest is and all of that because it's so much stress. Like, as I went through that, I went through, you know, I've been through all, I put myself in debt. I did all those things and I'm like, no, I don't want you guys to do what I did. Don't be like me. <laughs> and that's a great conversation to have with your kids. And even talking to them about the importance of taking the ACT at an early age, because the higher the score, the more likelihood you'll get scholarships. Like there's so many cheaper ways to help afford college and education, like education is changing so much that I don't think college is as, um, as necessary as it was, even when I graduated from high school, like I never thought of doing anything but going to college. And now I feel like the education, um, overall has changed and shifted so much that, 
Um, there's so many people that can do really great jobs and they can do all kinds of things without having to pay for a college education. And there's certain degrees that, you know, if you're going to be a nurse or an educator, like you need to have go into that. But I don't feel like we have to be forcing those things on people. And community college is a great way to, to get a good education, you know, you're, and even taking classes early on. And so that way you can get dual credit. Like there's so many options that make it so much more affordable. Definitely. Okay. So some of our listeners might be on the fence. Like they're not sure how to make that leap. They want to homeschool. They're not sure how to make the leap from having two incomes down to having one. Do you have any advice that you could share that, you know, just for maybe making that a possibility for them? Yeah. Um, first off, I would say practice doing it before you make that leap. And I, I do this with a lot of clients. Like I had a client who wanted to move into an RV and with like all their kids and like practice doing it in your backyard before you actually take the leap and sell your house and move and then find out, oh, this is not going to work practice living on one income. And one of the the best advice that we were given when we got married was to live on one income, even when we were dinks, so double income, no kids. And that made the transition so much easier for us because we were used to saving and investing one person's income the whole time. So when we did have kids like it, and I became a stay-at-home mom, like it was not a, a scary transition. It didn't feel clunky or like super challenging. But for those people that are used to a double income and they're shifting to a single income, the key is to figure out what are your values? Like what are the things, like taking a, a look at your finances is very important. One of the first things that we do with our clients is we have a roadmap and we go through and we we want to see where they're at financially right now. So we need to get a bird's eye view of their financial situation before we can figure out where to go. It's like, you're wanting to go to New York. I live in Idaho. You know where New York is, you know where Idaho is, but if you don't know exactly where in Idaho you're at, you're, you're not going to be able to get there. Like you can take a lot of wrong roads and get in, have a quite the adventure. And that's what happens when we don't actually have a clear view of where we're at financially. And so when you know where you're at financially, then you can start seeing like most people, they're able to look at their finances and see like, I can't believe I'm spending this much on eating out or how on earth did I have this many subscriptions? Um, so many people like they get aha moments just by you know, doing the hard work. Cause it's scary for a lot of people to, to take that leap, to actually look at their finances. It's so easy to avoid them and hope everything's okay. But really it's like with our marriages, like if we are not working on having a better marriage, our marriage is just backsliding. It's not going to get better on its own. Like you actually have to be intentional with it. And the same thing with our money, like you have to be intentional with your finances to be able to get to where you want to go. And so looking at where they're at financially and, and, deciding like, what are we going to put our resources to? What are we going to fund? We want to fund the things that value that we value and defund the things that we don't value. So maybe you might have to make some big shifts if you're, you know, are not going to be able to make that. Maybe you need to move to a smaller home. Maybe you need to, um, have, I don't know, like change your cell phone plan get insurance quotes. Like there's so many things that it's a one-time call and you can start making, seeing a lot of 
um, ability to make um, money up in that way. And also to think about it too, if you have younger kids and you're paying for daycare and childcare, if you stay home, those, those funds are not going to be coming out. And so in a way that actually kind of counteracts. And so that can make it easier for that transition. But if you have older kids and you wouldn't be paying for childcare because they would be in school already, it's going to be a harder leap for a lot of families to do that. And so looking at the numbers and being able to, to cut things that you feel like are worth cutting. And when, you know, when you do make that leap, I feel like if you really feel like God's calling you to homeschool and to become a single income family home, you will be able to make it work. You're just going to have to make some, some shifts and maybe you're going to not be able to eat out as much. Maybe you're going to be making all the, you know, your meals at home for a while. Maybe you're going to, I don't know, maybe need to have a side hustler, do something as a family business. You might need to make those shifts, but if you really want to make homeschooling a reality, you're going to be able to do that if you like, if that's a, a real value. And if you're not willing to make those sacrifices, then it probably isn't the right fit, or maybe that's not something that you truly value. But if you're going into debt, like month after month, you do need to reevaluate. You don't want to be putting yourself into a really bad situation that is going to be really hard for you to get out of. For sure. And I think prioritizing, you know, is what you're talking about. And that's the key is that if we're, if we prioritize, like I would rather stay home than eat out, I'm going to make that happen. Like I'll cook all the foods, whatever, you know, if, if that means I get to stay home. So agreed. Okay, I think we are almost at the end of our time, but Amberly, can you tell us like where can our viewers find you? We will have links in our show notes, but if you could share that with us, that would be helpful. Yeah. Um, so I am on pretty much all of the social media platforms under Rich Living Coaching. And um, you can also go to our website, richlivingcoaching.com and um, find out more about what we do. If you want to connect, we do a free 20 minute call. If you want to just ask your questions and we can go in and talk and see what will point you in the right direction. So the goal is not for me to sell you on our coaching services. It's trying to help you figure out what your next step should be. And it could be giving you free resources, could be sending you to someone else that we feel like would be a really good fit for you. But if that's something that you're interested in, you can just go to richlivingcoaching.com um, forward slash meet and um, do that. But we would love to connect with you and and help you on this journey because you don't need to feel like you're alone in reaching your financial goals. And asking for help is not um, only for people who are, you know, I think some people view it like you have to be like close to bankruptcy or your financial life is in complete and utter <laughs> misery. That's not what most of our clients look like. More than half of our clients only have their mortgage as their debt. Like they're just wanting to up level and they need accountability and they want to really not stress about their finances because when we're stressed about money, we're not as present as a parent, as a, as a, um, a spouse in our world. And so our goal is to decrease your level of financial stress because it carries over on your health, everything and increase your confidence. So that way you can live the life that God is calling you to live. So awesome. Oh my gosh. That's super helpful for our, our, for our listeners, like so relevant to what we all deal with every day. And so I love that you offer that free 20 minute call too, because then people can just like, you know, 
kind of get an idea of where they stand. Okay. Thank you, Amberly, so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Amberly. We appreciate you being here with us today. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much for having me. It was quite the honor. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. If you find value in our podcast and would like to support the show and help cover our monthly costs, we have several ways to do that. You can become a $3 a month supporter, shop our merchandise store or our show sponsors, and rate and review on iTunes and Spotify. Thank you for your continued support of our show and for sharing it. Yes, thank you.